Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's just the craziest thing. This is the most bizarre experience that I hope no one ever has to experience, ever. Because no person deserves to feel this way. Pete Davidson didn't deserve to feel this way. You think he wrote that text to Mac Miller? <laughs> Open your eyes, it's a... Calculated PR stunt. But my team's gonna hate me for saying to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry um well things have taken a turn haven't they (laughs) yo um wow wow I mean like I'm sorry but I'm not you know you know feeling a little bit like Vanessa Hudgens in this bitch right now kind of like you know I I understand the virus I respect it but it's like people are gonna die and that's inevitable you know and obviously I don't need to recap exactly what's going on y'all already know what I'm talking about so there is one angle One aspect that I do want to discuss and I have seen floating around in social media, which is whether or not we should feel sympathy or empathy for the several people now who have contracted COVID through their own complete negligence and disillusion. And I think given the words that I just used to describe what they did and why they got it, I think it's safe to say that I personally don't give a fuck these people are in positions of power these people have access to probably more knowledge about covid in its beginning than the rest of us did for sure and they have had all the time and opportunity in the world to be honest and to be forthright about the risk 
and how dangerous and how contagious this virus is. And another layer that we can add to that is the fact that it's their job. All of these people are leaders in the country. Especially you, you big bitch over at Walter Reed. And we have you on tape intentionally saying that you had no intention of uh, being honest for the sake of insert reason here. Um, y'all's jobs and the oaths that you take to be in the positions that y'all are in are to protect the citizens, to share information, to notify and help and keep these people alive. But what y'all did for your own personal gain is to downplay this virus to act like it's just the flu, to act like so many, so few people die from it, to act like wearing masks aren't really that important. And you know what? What happens when you do clownery, classmates? What happens? The clown comes back to bite you in your lungs in this case. So I'm feeling nothing but sweet sense of justice. I understand how Megan King Edmonds felt during that fateful season in which Brooks was claiming to have cancer and then didn't. You know what? I see how she feels now. And that feels great. Um, yeah. Wow, y'all. Wow. And let's just add another thing. Like, shout out to Claudia Conway. <laughs> I have been pretty adamant about the fact that, like, I don't stand teenagers because, um, you know, teenagers don't deserve standing just for the fact that they're teens. I don't do it. It's not my ministry. I did find her mildly entertaining. But what's happening for me now is the fact that she has a few times now just completely outed her mother <laughs> in ways she knows that her mom's a lying bitch. She will tell the truth, get up on, hop on TikTok and roll tape, y'all, and be like, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys before she does. <laughs> She will force her mom into the truth with those thick ass eyelashes come hell or high water. And shout out to her again because she just announced that she has COVID and George, her father has come out and said they don't actually really know if that's true. They have been tested, but the results have not come back. And I would imagine that she's saying it because she probably is suffering from the symptoms that come along with COVID. She probably thinks it. With that being said, I think it is her mother's fucking evil. You can go and check my Twitter timeline that I've been calling her a bat since about 2017. And you know what? The Pisces intuition jumped out on that one. It really did. Poor Claudia. Like, if she 
gets it. If she is, if she does test positive, I feel really bad for her because she has said that her mom walked around coughing, walked around saying that her test was negative when she knew it wasn't. And that's incredibly fucked up. And it's abusive to do that to a child. She's got other siblings. I mean, it's abusive, period. Like, even if you had other adults in your home, even with your husband, who I don't really fuck with, and I think people think that he's like, oh, George, whatever. You know what? Fuck you. You voted for Trump, too. You know? Just because you want to walk it back now, like, I don't care. And you're still married to that witch, so who cares? Anyway. Prayers up for Claudia. She is the only person in the situation who I would feel sorry for. Because it was not her fault. And she is in a situation, you know, can't help who you're born from. So, um, this episode, you guys, is going to be a short one. I'm just talking about, like, random subjects. No recap this week. Uh, you will hear me recapping Potomac on another show, I believe. Shout out to you, Moni. And, yeah, I will check back with you, I guess, if anything happens, it's, uh, what, 4.40 right now on Sunday? I guess if anything happens, you won't hear this. You'll hear a very different, um, updated situation. Uh, not looking good for that clown. Doesn't seem like it, so we'll see. If not, uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Bye. Uh, wow, guys. Wow. The saga between Demi Lovato and ex-fiancé Max Eric has continued. And to quote former Real Housewives of Atlanta cast member, current woman who seems to want to shoot herself in the foot, Nene Leakes, it's, it's getting weird. It's getting real weird. So Demi released a song that was basically like, woman empowerment, I'm a bad bitch, I am single. And I'm strong because of it. So on Thursday, Max went live on Instagram and (laughs) he accused Demi of using him and the world LOLs. For what, sir? Who is you? For what? Get out of here. Get out of (laughs) here. That's truly, truly so funny. Y'all, he is standing in a hotel bathroom, like, posted up in a moderately priced hotel bathroom. Literally, like, she, like, used me, like, and then, like, (laughs) puts his hand on his forehead and, like, turns away from the camera to, like, fake cry. And it is, like, sir... I'm not even going to say a CW level of acting. It's like straight up WB. Wow. Season one of One Tree Hill level of acting. Like, I cannot believe that this man legitimately thinks he's really trying so hard to squeeze out a tear to wipe his eyes on the bathroom, uh, the shower curtain. Like, it's so weird weird and then he brings up ariana grande and pete davidson he says pete davidson didn't deserve to feel this way 
Do you think he wrote that text to Mac Miller? Open your eyes. Calculated PR stump. My team is going to hate me. You know, my team's going to hate me for saying this. Who is your team, sir? Who? I mean, you have an agent, I guess. Can you afford to have a team on your low budget bitch salary? Are you crazy? He's weird. He's very weird. Demi is acting how you would think that she would act. I mean, she says she's completely embarrassed by the way that Max has been acting and he's been putting their relationship on blast on social media. She wants nothing to do with him. Thank God the clarity jumped out. So at the end of his Instagram live, he again said that he was used. I was in love. The whole world should fucking know it. I thought I found the real deal. Now I found out that I was used. But I hope that the song was number one because you know what? If that's what somebody wants in a material world, here you go. You have it. I hope this makes you happy. Enjoy. You lost someone that loved you fully, completely, infinitely for everything. So he seems to think that she used him for music. (laughs) Why? That girl, she is not my cup of tea. I mean, I did think Sorry was a bop. But do you think that she would use like the Kevin Fetter line of small budget films for her career? I barely even remember his name now. And I'm looking down at an article that says it plain as day. Get off Instagram for about 17 hours and see how much clout you have, sir. Like... She has given you the golden goose of attention, of visibility. This is a strange dude, a real strange dude. So let's move on. I, you know what? I did something. (laughs) I did something. I watched a YouTube video. So Jill... Dillard, nay Duggar, the, I think she's the oldest. No, she's not the, is she? I don't think she's the oldest. She's one of the older Duggars. We'll put it that way. She was obviously on 19 Kids and Counting. She was on their spinoff, Counting On. She is married to a guy named Derek and they basically got kicked off the show first, Derek. And then I think Jill kind of was a consequence of his actions. Derek went off he's really bigoted really transphobic and was making a lot of awful horrible comments about jazz the girl from the tlc show i am jazz who is a trans girl you know just saying exactly what you would expect for somebody to be transphobic to say about you know a trans person So they got kicked off the show derek has been really vocal about their mistreatment on the show, how they weren't paid. Um, I'll get more into that later, but they now have been pivoting to YouTube and doing Q&As about their lives, about the choices they make, so on and so forth. A couple weeks ago, I posted um, 
there was a picture that they posted on their Instagram, on Jill's Instagram, which they had gone out to eat. Somebody noticed a drink that she had. They asked her, what do you drink? What are you drinking? She's like, oh, it's a pina colada. And somebody replied, oh, is it virgin or regular? And she said regular. So this is our first evidence of a Duggar drinking alcohol. I actually find it very... It seems like silly to be like, oh my God, I'm on watch for a full ass grown adult to be drinking alcohol. But I think you have to really understand the levels to which the Duggars have been indoctrinated both by their parents and by their religion. There's like a family culture that's really deep and heavy, but then also there's like a horrible, terrible, you know, women are made to be, to be like breeders for their family sort of vibe quiverful movement that they're attached to um i i always find that really interesting is the show interesting because they just finished a season a couple weeks ago no it is not it literally at this point is just it was kind of interesting when they had the spinoff because the oldest girls were all starting to get married and doing the courting process but now it's literally just you know, here, somebody else is having a gender reveal. Somebody else is announcing their pregnancy. Someone else is, uh, you know, and let's do something wacky, like go on an apple picking adventure, or we're going to have a, all the guys that are married are going to have like a guy's night in where they eat slabs of, you know, 14 out steaks and talk about babies. It's incredibly boring. There was an episode. I don't even know I watched this, but there was an episode which the guys were having like guys night in dad's night in or whatever to celebrate one of the guys having a baby. So they decided to do this game, which is literally like put a bunch of water in a diaper and we'll try and see who can score as many baskets as possible by tossing the diaper into one of those basketball hoops that you can stick on the door so this is the level of content that they're giving us <sighs> lord very very boring so but I do find like their whole the inner workings of the family I do find fascinating and I do like occasionally they will tell on themselves TLC is very protective of them when they first went from 19 kids to counting on, obviously because of Josh Duggar's uh, repeated molestation of his sisters and cheating on his wife and that whole Ashley Madison scandal that a bunch of celebrity husbands got caught up into. Uh, so they did the spinoff counting on and we really did not see Jim Bob and Michelle at all, but now as the years go on and as the seasons go on, we're seeing them a lot more. We're seeing a lot more of Anna, who is Josh's wife on camera more. It's very interesting that they're kind of easing back in to letting these people on television. Because if you guys remember Josh, not Josh, uh, Jim Bob and Michelle were really lenient on Josh in terms of the horrific things that he did to his sisters, they sent him off to some sort of camp, quote unquote, which is really just like one of their friends had a farm 
and he lived there for a while. It really wasn't like a work camp behavioral therapy treatment at all. They did not seemingly do anything to protect the girls that were affected, their daughters, and kept him in the house and it happened again. So obviously they got a lot of flack for that and rightfully so. So they really weren't on the show in the beginning, but now they're coming back a lot, a lot more. I think it probably has to do with the fact that, you know, people's memories are short, A, but also as the couples get married off, you're, they're obviously trying to, you know, uh, uh, elongate the show, What's you know, like make the show longer by introducing like the younger kids. We'll put it that way. So anyway, back to Jill's and Derek's YouTube. So she addressed the drinking on one of her videos. She said, we do drink. We believe in the Bible, what the Bible says about drunkenness. We never drink to excess, but I will drink. I don't mind it. Um, there have been, there's been a lot of drama between Derek and Jill and her parents. There has been, Derek has been claiming that, uh, they are not allowed on the, what they call the big house, the main house, the Duggar house. They're not really allowed on the property without permission that they, as like Jill, especially there was one time where I think Jill had to ask permission as one of her uh, sisters gave birth to even be in the house to help her because she's a midwife or she was trained to be a midwife. Uh, there have just been a lot of strain. Derek has repeatedly claimed to be writing a book about the Duggars kind of outing them and all the terrible things like just revealing secrets about them. So I watched this video last night and the headline caught me or the caption, whatever the title of the video caught me. It was talking about, uh, how they feel about birth control, the LGBT QA plus community, etc. So I was like, okay, let me watch this, see what happens. So, the first question right off the bat was, do you guys use birth control? Obviously, because their family is very much into have as much babies as you want. That is a, I was really interested to see what she said. And Jill said that they do use birth control. So she has two sons. And in terms of like Duggar people who have kids back to back to back, her kids are on the older side. And there are only two of them. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So there was a lot of, uh, I guess, Jill's second pregnancy and her birth was really complicated. So there had been rumors over the last few years that maybe she wasn't able to conceive anymore that the complications that she had during the birth had basically rendered that not an option, but she does say that they aren't both birth control, but they use non-hormonal birth control because we don't want to use anything that could wait for this. We don't want to use anything that could potentially cause an abortion, which is not how that works. Obviously she meant miscarriage or something, but she's at abortion, but she does fairly concede that I understand people do use hormonal birth control for things other than, you know, the management of children and family planning. Um, but it's just not for them. And, you know, they're on it now. They will get off of it when they're ready to have kids and they do want to have more kids in the future. Jill also has, uh, her oldest kid, her oldest son is in public school, which they're traditionally homeschooled kids. Michelle has educated all the kids and I'm sure Jana, who's the oldest one, the oldest unmarried one. So yeah, all of these like sort of radical changes that are happening within Jill. We see, oh my gosh, Ginger, who is with Jeremy, who is a former professional soccer player. They now live in LA. They're clearly trying to pivot into these Christian influencer. All of my Instagram are like earth tone, that type of vibe. Like I wear long, cute skirts and little booties and that sort of thing. So then they go on to discuss how they make ends meet because Derek is in law school. The women traditionally don't work. Obviously they have uh, you know, decent enough viewership on their YouTube channel to monetize it. So that works a lot, but they also are very adamant uh, about not being in debt. 
that they, when they came into the relationship, they decided to get married. They had the conversation about not being in debt. They were not in debt when they got married. I don't know what Jill would have been in debt from because she, you know, really has no formal education and was living with her parents until, uh, she got married. So, but he's college educated and I think he went to the university of Arkansas and he was actually the mascot, whatever the mascot is like some kind of cowboy looking guy, but he is very religious. And when they met, he was living, I think in Tibet or somewhere East and he, they got together because of their love of mission work, travel, that sort of thing. So he was not living in the country when they decided to start courting. She and Jill and Jim Bob went over to, I wish I could remember what, I think it's Tibet, the country that he was doing mission work in. And that's how they began their relationship. Very interesting. So... Derek talks about how, you know, they use these kind of like bullshit, you know, how to, how to make it work. Like those motivational speakers that talk about financial responsibility and independence, that sort of thing. But they also talked about how Derek has a great work ethic. A lot of, he made sure to do a lot of his schooling uh, while he was still in high school. So he took concurrent college courses, went to community college to really like knock out all the credits he could before he went into a, a you know, quote unquote, better school, um, a bigger school, we'll say. Uh, and so, yeah, he says a lot of his money for school goes from scholarships. He's had some family help, but you know, they basically make things work. They're not in debt currently that's very important to them. Um, then they say the thing that I found probably most interesting that, like I said, they had not been paid for the show. Jill had not been paid for the show. And then when he was on the show, they had both not been paid and they were, they did hire an attorney to fix that. And they did get what he describes as a portion of what Jill should have been paid over the years for being on the show, but that what they got didn't add up to much more than like a full-time, but minimum wage amount of salary. Really want to know exact numbers because she has been on that show before she left. Gosh. I mean, when did counting, when did 19 kids accounting start? So the show started in 2008. She probably left the show in 2018, 2017. So a good decade worth of work that she could have been paid. That really sucks. And I really find it. He also, Derek admitted like a couple years ago, that the way that Jim, Bob and Michelle were able to get around it is that they told the kids that they did not get paid for the show and they received no salary, no compensation for being on the show all these years. And the only thing that they really got were like the perks from potentially traveling or going on outings, sort of things like that. Like they were getting paid in benefits, not actual salary. Clearly, I don't even know if that's legal, 
<laughs> so, I mean, it really sucks that when you have people that are uneducated and naive and you trust your parents, all of these things are fair. It really just sucks that they, that your parents would take advantage of that and would lie. They would lie. I mean, that's, I can't imagine I, I just can't imagine, but then they get into the LGBT situation of it all. And I was very interested in hearing about that, given it just curious if his opinion had changed about jazz and about trans people since getting ousted from the show. I mean, the answer was basically exactly what I expected. They do the whole, you know, we have friends that aren't Christians. We have friends that are in the LGBTQ plus community. And, you know, you can disagree with somebody and still respect them. And we live by the Bible and that's our thing. And we can break bread. They didn't say that, but, you know, very Christian term. <laughs> we can hang out with people and it's not a problem. We don't have to talk about those issues. We believe what we believe and we believe that homosexuality is a sin Derek brings up you know how you can just disagree but somebody respect somebody you know much like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Justice Scalia <laughs> they were able to work together and they had a lot of differences and that's really re- like I really respect that they were able to do that like okay okay um Jill says even though we believe homosexuality is a sin, we know that everybody sins and, you know, we're not going to rub their differences with us in their face. Derek then says, you know, if a trans person, he kind of alluded that maybe he does know a trans person, but I think maybe it was just an example. But, you know, if I went to a trans person's home and we were having dinner, for example, I would use whatever pronouns they wanted me to use. And Jill says that people being disrespectful to others is upsetting to her and her homegirls. They obviously don't understand that what they view as a disagreement and the ability to still quote unquote respect somebody for their disagreements often comes at the expense of other people's safety it's a bigoted, I would say, uh, opinion to have because when you're in a place of privilege and it, you like, they're not the ones who are negatively affected by hating gay people. Their alleged friends are the ones who are affected by that. So to say like, yeah, it's really easy for you to say like, I can disagree with you and that's fine. As long as you respect my opinion and I, my feelings and, and I can respect yours. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's nothing that happens to you for somebody disagreeing. I mean, yeah, you get kicked off a show, but at the end of the day, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it it's water on the under the bridge to you. So, I did find that interesting. I, you know, I I feel for Jill. I don't, you know, 
just because I'm talking about Derek doesn't mean that I feel any differently about him than I did before. I still think he is a complete bigot. And yeah, I feel for Jill because I feel like she is like, I think it's easy for people to be like, oh, well, she chose this, but it's like, did she, you know, like it's not unfair to say that these kids are brainwashed and that they're indoctrinated to some pretty wild uh, feelings you know, like, did, did any of these kids really have a chance? I, I think it would have taken some really radical unlearning, some real radical exposure to people of other cultures and other backgrounds and other faiths. Um, it's very obvious to me watching that video that she is still very much of the opinion that how she was raised in terms of her religion is correct but I think this is kind of a I'm I'm slightly pleasantly surprised by the fact that she seems to have like a little bit more of an open world view in terms of her opinions and that but clearly she's got a long way to go all right let's move on Okay, you guys, I'm going to round out the end of this episode talking about something that has been very near and dear to my heart for well over a decade. (laughs) Something that I've just now gotten back into binge watching the hills, y'all. And what, you know, just like kismet went on by Whitney having Lauren do a two-part interview on her YouTube channel over the past week. Wow, we're so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm currently on season four of The Hills, and, you know, we all know that's where things got really uh, a little stale. We'll put it that way. Um, But I'm still loving it. I'm loving the push-pull between Adrena and Justin Bobby. I'm loving gosh how Spencer is just like a completely evil person I asked this on Twitter the other day and I just want you guys to think about it let it ruminate in your mind would um (laughs) total blank (laughs) okay would Spencer and Heidi have lasted would their relationship have lasted in 2020 even in 2018 Somebody brought up the great point that social media would have been so different and so integral into their relationship. Imagine, imagine the tweets that Spencer Pratt would have tweeted and probably deleted very quickly, but you know, those receipts last forever. What vile things would have come out of him? What terrible things, all the subtweets. It would have been a real mess. I always seem to forget, like, how integral Brody Jenner was into the hills. I just don't remember him being on that much. So when I think about the finale and how he basically closed closed the whole series of the show, I always thought that was so out of left field. But he really was very integral into the show. Um, 
I love now, like, I, I my Google uh, search engine is um, unwell. We'll say that. So, like, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, like, oh, I want to Google how real was Justin and Audrina's relationship? What's happening with the Doug Reinhardt of it all? What hap What's going on with Stephanie and Spencer's relationship? Is that real? Is that fake? Because Kristen Cavallari and Spencer and several of them have gone on to say, like, most of the shit was so fake, so contrived, we would have these knockdown drag out fights with each other. And then when cameras went down, they'd be like, Oh, do you guys want to hang out over the weekend? Seems like all the stuff with Spencer was real. Whatever. We, I don't have to talk about this. I'm just going to talk about the interview. <laughs> so Whitney starts off and she asks really the important questions. And I appreciate that as somebody who was on the inside to ask questions that I would have asked, but she admits that she actually kind of had her, Lauren and Heidi falling out with a friend. She didn't name who it was, obviously. I don't think this person was on the show, but Lauren then befriended this woman and Whitney kind of like lays it all out on the line. And was like, honestly, I have wondered this whole time if you felt some type of way about me, if you, if there was something that maybe I should have said to you to kind of explain things that happened. And Lauren seemed to have no idea what she was talking about. She was like, honestly, you brought, because they had, I guess, had a phone conversation prior to this. And she said, you know, when you brought that up, I just wished that you had mentioned this so long ago, because it seems like you kind of harbored these feelings and felt some type of way. And I honestly didn't even know that you guys had a friendship, me and this person. So you're even this person. So I, I she's like, I almost feel badly that you felt all of these feelings this whole time. Um, Whitney says that the number one question that she gets asked is, are you still friends with Lauren? And they both kind of agree that Whitney says her go-to standard answer was like, it was kind of like a college friend where you guys have this great experience. It was this time capsule and, I always have love for you, but you know, like we don't really keep up with each other that much. Um, but you know, it was a very special moment and it's all love. Um, then they kind of talk about the ending of their show since Whitney had the city and after Lauren left the Hills, how they felt after leaving and, having to deal and like with these feelings of having everything done for you and having like your future planned out and mapped out. And then it was kind of like they were left high and dry. It was like, I, it had been years since I really had to figure out my own shit and how jarring that really was. And then she, Lauren says, you know, cause she left at the end of season five, Lauren says, you know, she kind of feels a little bit of regret towards leaving. And if maybe Whitney felt or other cast members as well felt abandoned by her departure from the show. Cause really like, even though we can say Lauren is a queen, the blueprint of what it is to be a basic woman. I actually think it's 
it was a brilliant idea to have her have a spinoff rather than Kristen, Steven, if he was an option, you know, she was just so much more relatable. And I hate to use that word because I feel like it's so overdone, but she was just like a normal girl. And for me, like these girls are exactly my age. <laughs> I think me and Lauren and Whitney are all like a month apart or within the same month of each other. Um, yeah, so there's just, I remember I never connected with Kristen. I kind of feel like she was a bad bitch because she was so like confident and beautiful. And, but that was like a completely different universe from where I lived, especially because she was like the junior and she was almost like the most popular senior, even being a junior in high school. And to me, that was just like, I, I can't vibe with that. Lauren was much more my speed of like liking this guy <laughs> and him liking somebody else. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was a much better move. Um, they both work with their husbands when he has a husband named Timmy. And I always wondered like, what is it that William does? I know when, when she and when Lauren and William got together, he was in law school, but I kind of figured he was like, chilling you know but I guess he um is her lawyer that he initially was working for like a bunch of different brands and people but then they decided like hey it would be much easier for the both of us if we just tag team work together and we're able to create our own schedule they both, Whitney and Lauren, love that they work, work with their partners. Whitney had that Whitney Eve line, and she kind of talks about how they both do talk about like working with friends was really rough going. And because Whitney had the Whitney Eve line with her family, she would never recommend uh, working with people that you love because it's like, you know, she's like, with my family, I just, you never want anything to like tint how you feel about them and working as partners with them really did that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So then Winnie says she struggled with having trust issues because, because of the show, 
the cast and crew, their jobs and their concerns was to create content. And they were always like making nothing out of something, putting things in people's heads and manipulating them. Lauren said her way of dealing with it, and she didn't know if this was the right thing to do, but her way of dealing with all of that drama was just to remove herself from the situation. And then they talk about their spinoffs. When you said that she really was like very iffy about doing the city, but she wanted to launch her clothing line. And so she figured this would be a great launching pad for my clothing line. Lauren says for me going from Laguna beach to the Hills, it was actually super easy. One, if we're going to, if I'm going to be blunt with you guys, like, frankly, I was broke (laughs) after Laguna beach. And I thought this was the easiest money that I've ever made. And great. I, she thought it was going to be like a lot of fun. Um, they then talk about, you know, both being in the fashion industry and how, when they started off, they felt a little bit intimidated. And Whitney talks about having, feeling like she had to prove herself more because she was on reality TV and not letting that stereotype become her story. Lauren brings up a great point of like, yeah, I did feel that in the beginning, but frankly, now it's kind of like the norm. It's, you know, we're not doing anything differently than anybody else. Then Lauren, Whitney, they talk about, you know, social media. Whitney asks how you feel about social media. What, what is your answer to how you curate your social media? And Lauren says that she really is. And, and also like pulling back. We don't know. Lauren's kind of like the Beyonce of of the Laguna Beach MTV reality um, universe. Excuse me. We really don't see much of her. And what we do see is very curated, very, I think it could even make a fair argument of like sort of the issues that I have with social media is like, you see this girl this woman, like Lauren. And I think Lauren has really kind of paved the way for, I mean, like I said, the basic model. To me, it's more genuine to her. And I think everybody's just trying to copy it. And, you know, you know what happens with copies. Never the same. But she says she's made a point to only show the things that make her happy. And that's just like her vibe. But she's like in business meetings all the time. They're always telling me that I should post more, that I should be doing more things. It's like they were telling her to go on TikTok. She's like, I've seen these 17 year olds on TikTok and I could be their mother. Like, that's not me. It's not me at all. And they also tell her like to be more real. And I think that's really interesting. I wonder when the shift or if there was a shift Or if they've been consistently telling her to be more real and more open with herself. Uh, She does mention that it's not because of having been on the show that she is pulled back more. It's really just kind of growing up. She's like, honestly, I, in my twenties, I didn't have the option. It was my job to be very open about my life and my romantic life and... Frankly, 
I don't show a lot of stuff because I have the option not to. <laughs> so I don't. Um, then Whitney asked, you know, one of the more important questions, who are you still friends with from Laguna and the Hills? She does specifically ask, are you still friends with Lo? Lauren's response is that she doesn't say Lo. She kind of skips right over it. Says, you know, I'm really more friends with people from Laguna Beach because she lives there now. Again. And she mentions Dieter and Steven and even Christina. Do you guys remember? Sweet little Morgan, Mormon Christina who... Just wanted to go to BYU and didn't get in to BYU, the one in Utah. I think she went to BYU-Idaho. What a sweet girl. <laughs> now I'm having flashbacks of Christina going to <laughs> going to New York to sing for Wicked, y'all. Comedy. Pure comedy. My gosh. Um, Yeah, I, I want to know what happened between Lowe... And Lauren. And I wonder if Lauren, if Lo, is like, damn, kind of like Justin Bobby, I'm stuck with this nickname that really wasn't me because Lo went by Lauren, but they had to change it to Lo because of the show. I wonder how she feels about that. Anyway. They both go into how they're both huge Big Brother fans. Lauren says she listens to the podcast, she reads the blog, she reads episode recaps, she's super into it, she even went to a uh, finale for last season. Whitney's kind of like me, like, I don't watch U.S. regular Big Brother, I am a, and I, you know, light a candle every night for this to come back, Celebrity Big Brother UK, you guys, if you can find the episodes on on YouTube, <sighs> Daily Motion. I mean, Walk, run, don't walk. I don't know what is so compelling about it, but if you guys watched, um, they had what, two seasons or one season of Celebrity Big Brother over here. And it was very clear, even though I watched the whole thing, it was very clear that like these people are being coddled. They're not really having to do anything that they don't want to do. They're not really having to do a whole lot of challenges they're not really getting into it, but Celebrity Big Brother UK, they have showmances, they have, they really make them sing for their supper, so to speak. It's so good, and it's so entertaining. Obviously, my number one recommendation would be the season with Tiffany New York Pollard. <laughs> I'm sure you guys all have seen the David's Dead clip where... They, David Bowie's ex-wife, David dies, David Bowie. David Bowie's ex-wife is on the show. He dies maybe like a week or two into it. There is David Guest, who is also dead now, but was not dead at the time, but he was sick. And so they had sequestered him into a room so he could get rest on his own. So producers tell her that David Bowie died. She comes out, first person she sees is Tiffany, <laughs> and says, 
oh my gosh, I just got the news. They told me not to tell anybody, but I have to tell somebody because it's like, you know, it's on my spirit. David's dead. Clearly, Tiffany is assuming it's the David that's on the show, not David fucking Bowie, because, hello, <laughs> she flips the fuck out. <laughs> Screaming, goes out to the garden where everybody's smoking cigarettes and is like, she just told me that David's dead. Everybody's flipping the fuck out because they all think it's also David Guest and not David Bowie. Why would they think it was David Bowie? They don't get news. They don't have access to tel- to TV or anything. <laughs> so, then, so then she has to explain, no, I meant David Bowie. And then everybody gets mad at Tiffany <laughs> for making them think that it was... David guessed, but it wasn't her fault. She, nobody clarified. Oh, it's such a great scene. Anyway, you guys. They um, then get into pregnancy and giving birth. And, you know, as a woman who has not had kids, I found this to be really interesting. I like when people are honest about their pregnancies, how they deal with being new moms. And you could kind of tell that Lauren didn't really want to get into it and be as open and vulnerable as Whitney, but she agreed with everything that Whitney said. So they both have like three-year-olds. Lauren has a almost one-year-old and then Whitney just has that three-year-old. So she was saying that they were both agreeing that their pregnancy was so uncomfortable and difficult that for them, not because they had any health complications, but because it was just hard to, share your body, deal with those bodily changes and all of that. And that the first year of pregnancy or of the, their son's births were their son's lives rather was really difficult because, you know, Whitney said that she really struggled with the lack of freedom and how drastically her life changed and she was having difficulty breastfeeding and just like, like I just felt so defeated and I felt so like such a different person. And she's like, because of that, I really struggle with the idea of having another child and I just feel like I'm a better parent to my now three-year-old than I was to him when he was an infant. And I thought that was like really honest and like awesome for her to share. Lauren says she agreed, but she gave Whitney some really good advice. She's like, you know, one, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to have kids. I kind of felt like it would be a situation of if I find the right guy, then I'll be motivated to do so. And that's what happened. She's like, what I will tell you about having a second kid is William and I decided that we were only going to have two children. And so because of that, the things that I didn't appreciate with the first pregnancy, I learned to appreciate because I knew that it was going to be short lived and that I was not ever going to have to deal with it again, (laughs) frankly, (laughs) like it was never, ever going to be an issue again. And so those milestones and stuff were much different. 
And so I, I really like that. I also am loving Whitney because Whitney and I are both Pisces and it seems like we are both dealing with <laughs> the pandemic in terms of growing out our eyebrows. And I like that. I, I, I'm liking to see how it's going for her. It's, it's honestly, admittedly a tough road for me and I'm not sure why that is. So side note, if anybody has any, um, suggestions for, cause I used to have like very thick kind of like Audrey Hepburn almost eyebrows and I did them thick, but obviously much thinner than what they would be naturally. And so if anybody has any suggestions for how to fill in your eyebrows or how to get them to regrow, let me know because the only suggestion that I've heard was from a girl who said that she basically has to keep using it continually because her eyebrows fell out after she stopped using that product. And like, I just, I never, I'm not really a big beauty girl. I'm not a big makeup girl. I don't want to be beholden to anything. So if you know anything that will help regenerate that growth naturally, like, should I be using castor oil? Is that like a bridge too far? Let me know. Let me know if you guys have any suggestions. Um, is that it for me? I think it might be. I think it might be. All right, you guys. This was like a fun episode. I know this is not typically what I do. This is like a very long intro episode for me. But, you know, sound off in the comments below if you like it. Something that is recapless episode. I think... Now that we're, no, we're not getting back to normal. There is no normal. <laughs> now that things are happening more in the news, and I'm talking more like celebrity news and pop culture stuff, and and just an update, it is now 7.30. I took an hour away from the internet, and then I came back and I saw that that bitch forced the secret service um, guys to, what, drive them around the block? So he could show people that he was, what, able to sit up in a car? Fuck him. Truly. Get a fucking... He's like Tinkerbell. Like, sir, do you have to, like, live off of praise unless you're gonna die? Is that what's happening here? What a sick man. Anyway, you guys... <laughs> you guys have such a great week. I'll get you back next, what, couple days... For the finale of 90 Day Fiance, more Darcy and Stacy, more Married at First Sight later this week. Enjoy it. Take some time to enjoy the view. <laughs> buy some flowers. Here's my suggestion, you guys. Buy some flowers and treat yourself. Do something to treat yourself. If you're not into flowers, do something that like you wouldn't normally do. It's not part of your, you know, eat an edible. Something like that. Buy buy some clothes. Buy a nice sweatpant, and send me send it to me. Send me a DM. Send me an email, and just show me what you did. And I'll say, yes, Queen, you did that. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.